Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Vel akibatu lil muttaqin. Ve la udvana illa ala zalimin. Ve eşhedü en la ilahe illallah. Ve liyus salihin. Ve eşhedü enne Muhammeden abduhu ve rasuluh. Sallallahu aleyhi ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecma'in. Ama ba'd. Elhamdülillah. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he gave us the opportunity to be in the masjid from the masjid of Allah. To remember him. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he gives us sincerity and that our actions and our speech are according to the sunnah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he makes this gathering a blessed gathering. We begin inshallah with this reminder, a short reminder, and that is with regards to translations of the Quran. And there are brevi translations. What we mean by brevi translations that they are followers of the brevi sect. And the Brelvi sect formed by Ahmad Reza Khan Brelvi, who was born in 1856. And he has a tafsir, which is in Urdu. That tafsir, which you'll find these Brelvi translations, and in particular, the, the, the one by Aulakh, Muhammad Aulakh, or Dr. Aulakh, sorry. He's the one that actually quoted directly from the tafsir itself. Whereas Tahir Qadri, who look at his translation as well, then he doesn't mention him specifically, but he mentions that he took from different uh, books of tafsir. And we will see that the same beliefs and methodologies uh, are also <coughs> similar uh, to, to each other and to the Brelvi sect, sectarian belief. In fact, Dr. Aulakh, he mentions and he acknowledges that, and he says, and this is a quote that he benefited from, and this is the quote, Urdu, Persian, and English translation of Sunni, Shiite, Ahlul Hadith, and independent scholars of Islam. So his translation is based upon, yani, taken from everywhere and anyone, even from the Shiites, and claiming that he took from the Sunni uh, uh, scholars. So taken from the Rafida, the Shia, who cursed the companions, the Shia who claim that they know the unseen, that the 12 Imams know the unseen. And you will see they have similar beliefs. The Shiites and the Brelvis have similar beliefs because both of them believe that their sheikhs or their Imams have this knowledge of the unseen. And this will be portrayed in their, and this is portrayed in their translations or in his particular translation. And likewise, Tahir Qadri, his translation, likewise, you will find that he quotes. He, quote, he actually uh, translates verses from the Qur'an whereby verses which are not related to any prophetic tradition or any statement of the companions <coughs> even though he claims in the beginning that he has quoted or he has referred back to the, the best of generations going back to the Prophet and his companions and their students and their students but in reality he hasn't and we will see that in many of the uh, examples that we are we're going to give. A quick example could be, for example, when he mentions about Alif Lam Mim, he says Alif Lam Mim, and these are the letters that you'll find in different um, surahs or chapters of the Quran, Alif Lam Mim, Naam, uh, which is in Surah Al-Baqarah. He says that Alif Lam Mim here, he says that 
that not only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows this meaning, but also the Messenger of Allah knows its meaning. And we know that the Messenger of Allah does not know the unseen and only knows that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed to him. So they claim for the Messenger affairs that which he was not given. So they claim for him to know the unseen unconditionally, to know these letters. But we do not have any report from the Sunnah of the Messenger to to mention and say that that he knows the meaning of these letters. So this is one of the points he mentions in the introduction or the beginning of his uh, translation. We'll come to that. But first of all, we'll start with the, some of the aqidah points. First and foremost, the meaning of La ilaha illallah, which is fundamental to all Muslims, to know the meaning of La ilaha illallah. And it is clear from the various verses about La ilaha illallah that he refers to uh, ibadah, that he refers to worship. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ مِنْ رَسُولٍ إِلَّا نُوحِ إِلَيْهِ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنَا فَاعْبُدُونَ So it refers to worship, that we have not sent any messenger before you, O Muhammad, but we inspired him saying, none has the right to be worshipped except I, except Allah. So worship me alone, none else. So لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا means ibadah, means worship. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us for this reason. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِعْبُدُونَ This was the Dariyat 56. And likewise Allah commanded us to know the meaning of La ilaha illallah. فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَى اللَّهِ And have knowledge that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah. The Prophet said Mu'ad radiallahu anhu to Yemen. And he said to him, you are going to the people of the book. You find this narration in Bukhari. In the last chapter of Bukhari. إِنَّكَ دَاهِبٌ إِلَهِ الْكِتَابِ فَلْيَكُنْ أَوَّلَ is to testify that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah. And in the, in the same chapter in Bukhari, Kitab al-Tawheed, last chapter of Bukhari, another wording is used, that they should, the first thing you call them to, that they should come to know, that they should single Allah out in worship. Meaning, Tawheed. So Tawheed was mentioned by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He said, in one wording, let, call them to La ilaha illallah. In the other word, call them to Tawheed. So Tawheed is La ilaha illallah. And that is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And there's numerous proofs. Numerous proofs. Clarifying that La ilaha illallah means none has the right to be worshipped except Allah. Looking at, if you look at the context of the Messenger Wasallam's da'wah, his, the context of his da'wah was to call the people to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not just to say that, that God exists. Oh, Allah exists. If you were to ask the polytheists, the people, who created the heavens and the earth, they will surely say Allah. So that wasn't their call. They were sure they believed in Rububiyyah. The polytheists in Mecca, they believed in Rububiyyah. They believed that Allah is the Lord, the creator, the sustainer, the planner, the provider. But what was the problem? The problem was they didn't believe, they didn't worship Him alone. So they call up, they would set up intermediaries and partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they will call others besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The da'wah of the Messenger وسلم, was to call the people to worship Allah. And this was clear, clear from the statement of Abu Sufyan even before he became a Muslim. When he said to Hercules, he said to him, he tells us to worship Allah and Allah alone and not to worship anything along with him and to renounce all that our ancestors had said. This was the call of the Messenger 
to, to call the people to the worship of Allah. And worship, as Ibn Taymiyyah said, is ismun jami' li kulli ma yuhibbuhullah wa yardah min al-aqwali wal-af'al al-zahira wal-batina. Worship is a comprehensive term towards everything that Allah loves, that which is considered to be statement of the tongue or actions of the limbs, whether it is open, outwardly, is mentioned, or it is that which is in secret. That is all considered to be worship. Everything towards the, please, the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Min al-aqwali wal-af'ali al-zahira wal-batina. That which is open and that which is in secret. So this is worship. So therefore, worship, if you do an act of worship to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it must be legislated. You cannot add to the religion. You cannot make up worship as you go along. Worship is that which the Messenger sallallahu has already legislated, has already mentioned from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So from that is a dua a dua u ibadah. As the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa said, a dua u ibadah, calling upon Allah. Uh, or supplicating, supplication is ibadah, is worship. So therefore, we should only supplicate to Allah because the Prophet told Ibn Abbas and he said to him, Ida sa'alta fas'alillah. He didn't say fas'alni. When you ask, ask Allah alone. Wa ida sta'anta fasta'an billah. And when you seek help, seek help from Allah alone. He didn't say seek help from me. So how is it that we find in Brilvis, in their translations and in their methodology and belief that they would allow the calling upon others besides Allah, besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is because they have exaggeration in over-praising the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. One Sufi said, oh, how can we over-exaggerate in praising the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? He is the best of, yes, he is the best of mankind and the best of the prophets. But he himself said, don't exaggerate. He said on his deathbed, لا تطروني كما أطرأت النصارى عيسى بن مريم ولكن قولوا عبد الله ورسوله don't over-exaggerate in praising me. Just like the Christians over-exaggerated in praising Isa ibn Maryam, Jesus, والسلام, Say, I am, a, I am a slave of Allah and his messenger. This is what the messenger was pleased with. To be a slave of Allah, to be a worshiper of Allah. And that, was, and that is a great status. That is a great... Yani, uh, uh, honorable level to have to be a worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as for the the Brevis and the Sufis in general with the different sects and groups they would call upon they would allow they would say it's allowed to call upon the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. just like the Christians call upon Jesus they call upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. just like the Christians call upon the Messenger, uh, the Isa they would call upon Rasulullah sallallahu So shirk is shirk. Whether it is done towards stones or trees or human beings or angels, shirk is shirk. Allah says, astajib lakum. Call upon me, I will answer you. He didn't say call upon me and, and, and. Ud'uni astajib lakum. Inna ladina yistakbiruna an ibadati. Those are too proud and arrogant. To worship me alone, they will enter into the hellfire lowly, humiliated. So he called it ibadah, dua, ibadah, from the verse. 
And the other verse, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ When my servant asks of me, I'm close to the ones asking me. I'm close by his knowledge that he knows what you're saying. He hears what you're saying. He sees what you're saying. I'm close. فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُوا لِي وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ So let them answer my call and believe in me correctly. Look, فَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي Allahu Akbar. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah said, if you want your du'as to be accepted, then believe in Allah correctly. Many people complain, they say, oh, my du'as not accepted, my du'as not accepted. But did you look at this verse, where it, as a condition, make your, make your iman correct? Make your belief correct? Believe in Allah correctly. Then he said, يرشدون, that they may enlighten to do good deeds. So therefore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in this verse, in this verse, again, is called, is saying, to each and every one of us to call upon Him alone. Not call upon the Rasul The affairs belong to Allah, not the Messenger of Allah Yes, He's a great Messenger. And He said, I'm the best of the children of Adam without boasting. He وسلم, He came and He was humble. And He came to call us to the worship of Allah not to the worship of men. Not to over-exaggerate in worshipping Him. Not to over-exaggerate in calling upon others. All of that is considered to be shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah will never forgive shirk. This is how serious the matter is. In Allah, Allah will never forgive that you associate partners with Him. And He forgives anything else besides that shirk. That you call upon Allah, even the messengers. After Allah mentioned six, 18 prophets and messengers. If you got Surah Al-An'am, Allah mentioned about 18 prophets and messengers. And after that, He said, وَلَوْ أَشْرَكُوا If they were to commit shirk, all their deeds will become null and void. All their deeds become null and void. Prophets and messengers. SubhanAllah. And Allah subhanahu likewise commanded the messengers, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So it's Zumar. And what did he say? It has been re indeed revealed to you and those before you that if you were to commit shirk, your deeds will become null and void. Allahu Akbar. If you were to commit, who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is addressing the Messenger of Allah sallallahu If you do, يعني, call upon others, if you were to commit shirk with Allah, your deeds will become null and void. وَلَقَدْ أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ وَإِلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ لَإِنْ أَشْرَقْتَ لَيْحْبَطَنَّ عَمَلُكَ وَلَتَكُنَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ And of a surety without doubt you'll be from the losers. And what did Allah say beautifully? Look at how, look at these beautiful words. Quran is beautiful. All of it is beautiful, Allah. Look at the words afterwards. بَلِ اللَّهَ فَعْبُدْ وَكُمْ مِنَ الشَّاكِرِينَ It's Allah, rather it's Allah you should worship and be from the grateful ones. So all of the Qur'an from the beginning to the end calling you to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Calling you and me to worship Allah, to humble ourselves to Allah, not to creation. The messenger of Allah was a great messenger and he called us to worship Allah. The affairs of victory, the affairs of bringing help to you, curing you, removing harm from you belongs to Allah. Read Surah An-Naml. Who can remove the harm 
who can answer the needy one when he supplicates besides Allah? Who can answer him? Not the Messenger of Allah, not the Peer, not Abdul Qadir Jilani, not Baydawi. Who can answer you? When he supplicates. And he removes harm from you. And he makes you inherit the earth. Or inheritors of the earth. What did Allah say? Did he mention the Messenger's name after that? Did he mention Abdul Qadir Jilani's name after that? Or any of his creation after that? After that Allah said, Ailahum Allah. Can there be any other deity besides Allah? All of that going back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Messenger وسلم, in the Battle of Uhud, his incisor tooth was chipped. His head was, was hit until he bled. And he said, how can a prophet, how can a nation prosper if they allow this to happen to their prophet? And Allah revealed, The affair does not belong to you. The affair of victory, of loss, all of that belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because all of the command and the affair belongs to Allah. To him belongs the creation and the command. All of the affairs belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we call upon him, not call upon others, not call upon even if they, they be angels or prophets, stones and trees or other than that. Call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. So if you can't get the meaning of la ilaha Allah right, that man has the right to be worshipped except Allah, what about the rest of the deen? What about, what about the rest of the pillars of Iman, the rest of the pillars of Islam? How many, how many wrongs are you going to get? How many errors are you going to get? You can't even get the first pillar, the kalimat al-tawheed right. So Tahir Qadri in his kalimat al-tawheed, when he translates la ilaha illallah, he translates it as, and I'll give you the exact translation, Know then that there is no God except Allah. No God except Allah. Where's the word worship? Where's the word worship? That none has the right to be worshipped except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the context of the da'wah of the Messenger And if you look at the Qutb al-Tafsir, you will find likewise they mention the word worship as being the meaning of la ilaha illallah from the great scholars of the past that have, uh, have come, the, the great Mufassir of the Qur'an, Imam Al-Tabari Rahimullah, he mentioned that فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَى means no O Muhammad, no other worship is befitting or no one is deserving of this worship except Allah. The one who is the creator of creation, the owner of everything. Allahu Akbar. So he mentioned ibadah, he mentioned worship. Likewise, even up to the scholars of today, the great scholars of today, they mention again, La ilaha illallah meaning worship, like great scholar, Sheikh Abdurrahman al-Sa'di rahimahullah, the teacher of Sheikh Nudaymin rahimahullah. He said, فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَيْهِ means, he said, this knowledge that Allah commanded us with is the knowledge of affirming and worshipping of Allah alone. It is obligatory upon every Muslim and no one is excused, whoever they may be. Rather, each person has a need for it. The way to know that none has the right to be worshipped but him, is as follows. Firstly, to ponder upon the names and attributes of Allah and His actions which prove His perfection. Secondly, to have knowledge that Allah is the sole creator and planner which entails 
that he alone deserves to be worshipped. You see how the scholars of tafsir, what they mention, La ilaha illallah means worship should only belong to Allah alone. Scholars of tafsir, past and present, mentioning that the great scholar of tafsir, Imam, the great scholar of tafsir, Allama Muhammad Amin al-Shinqiti, rahimullah, in his Adwa al-Bayan, what did he say? He said, said regarding the article of faith, he said, the one who is worshipped on his own, and that he has beautiful names. Again, mentioning worship. The importance of ibadah being for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. The 13th, scholar, uh, 13th century scholar, Ash-Shawkani, in his tafsir regarding the article, article of faith, likewise he said that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah. And there are numerous, numerous uh, uh, quotes that are quoted from the scholars of the past and present. But due to time constraints, then we'll move on inshallah. La ilaha illallah, none has the right to be worshipped except Allah. We're going to move on now to some of the beliefs that are mentioned and portrayed in their translations. Another belief that they have is that the Prophet is not human. They consider the brilliance that Prophet is not human. And if you go into these two translations, Dr. Awlakh, uh, uh, he mentions, and this is available, these translations, we didn't just... This is available in book form in, the, in, the, in these Brelvi bookshops. He says the meaning of the verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, in Surah Kaf, Say I'm a human being like you. He says, when Allah commands the Messenger, Allah translates it as, Please declare. Allah is saying to Rasul, Please. Please declare. And then in brackets, apparently in outlook, not real, apparently. I, Muhammad, am a person like you. Yani apparently, not real. This is playing with Allah's deen. This is playing with the Quran. Say, I, say I'm a human being like you. He says, no, no, not really, but apparently. What is it then if he's not a human? What is, what is apparently, what is it then? This aqeedah, this is belief that they have messed up with regards to the belief in the Rasul Muhammad al-Tahiri, Tahir Qadri, Muhammad Tahir Qadri, he says, in the same verse, say, I look like you only, I look like you, not like you, I look like you. And then in, in, in brackets, by virtue of my visible creation as a man. What, what, what is this? I look like you. So what? what? It's not human. Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned, This is quoted beautifully, quoted beautifully by Ibn Abbas who said this verse. And then he said, Allah taught his prophet humility such that he does not tower in pride over Allah's creation. Allah ordered him to accept and say, I am only a man like you, except that I have been given revelation and Allah blessed me with that. That's in Tafsir al-Baghawi. So here we have Abdullah ibn Abbas clearly showing and, and explaining that the message of Allah is a man like us, except that Allah has, has honored him and raised him to be the messenger of Allah and the best of the messengers. Then we have Likewise, in Tafsir al-Baghawi, he mentioned about the Messenger of Allah you know his lineage and you know his status. 
You know his lineage and you know his status. Likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned, لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولُ مِنْ أَنْفُرْسِكُمْ Indeed, a messenger has come from amongst yourselves, يعني a human being, Bashar. عَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا عَنِتُمْ حَرِيسٌ عَلَيْكُمْ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَأُوفُ الرَّحِيمٌ Grievous to him is that you suffer. He is concerned over you and to the believers is kind and merciful. Likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions Surah Al-Furqan, verse 20. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا قَبْلَكَ مِنَ الْمُرْسَلِينَ we have not, and indeed, we did not send, and we did not send before you, O Muhammad, any of the messengers, except that they ate food and walked in the streets. And walked in the streets, signified that he's human. He ate food and he walked in the streets, like, what, like the messengers who came before. And in Surah Al-Ra'ad 38, وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا رُسُلًا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ وَجَعَلْنَا لَهُمْ أَزْوَاجًا مُذُرِّيَّةً وَمَا كَانَ لِرَسُولٍ أَنْ يَأْتِيَ بِآيَةٍ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ لِكُلِّ أَجَلٍ كِتَابٍ And we have already sent messengers before you and assigned to them wives and descendants. And this shows that they were human. Likewise in Surah Hud 31 وَلَا أَقُولُ لَكُمْ عِنْدِي خَزَائِنُ اللَّهِ وَلَا أَعْلَمُ الْغَيْبِ وَلَا أَقُولُ إِنِّي مَلَكٍ وَلَا أَقُولُ لِلَّذِينَ تَزْدَرِي أَعْيُنُكُمْ لَنْ يُؤْتِيَهُمُ اللَّهُ خَيْرًا اللَّهُ أَعْلَمُ بِمَا فِي أَنفُسِهِمْ إِنِّي إِذًا لَمِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ And I do not say to you that with me are the treasures of Allah, nor do I know the unseen. See, they claim that he knows the unseen unconditionally. And they claim that their peers know the Naqshbandi sheikhs, Sufi sheikhs, Brevi sheikhs, they know the unseen. And we'll come to that. And he, Sallallahu said, has been commanded to tell the people, I do not know the unseen unconditionally, nor do I say I am an angel, and nor do I say to those whom your eyes look down upon that Allah will bestow any good on them. Allah knows what is in their inner selves, regards their beliefs. In that case, I should indeed be from the wrongdoers. So therefore, the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu in all of these verses, clarifying to the people that he is um, a human being like them. Now, misconception. Why would they say that he is, he is uh, not human? They misunderstood. When Allah mentioned, Naam, that Allah mentioned Surah Al-Ahzab 46:46, O oh Prophet, indeed we have sent you as a witness and a bringer of good tidings and a warner and one who invites to Allah by his permission and an illuminating lamp, Noor. So they say, ah, he's Noor. He's light, he's not human, he's not Bashar, he's light. If he was light, why would Aisha anha, in the middle of the night when she's looking for him, why couldn't she find him? If he was light, it's dark, and she's looking for him until she came across his feet and she realized that he's praying. He's praying. If he's light, why would she have to look for him? If it was light, why would he have to take a shade when it's heat, when it's extremely hot? He's going to Mecca, it's extremely hot. Why would he have to take a shade if he's light? He needed the shade from the heat. Why would he take a shade? Proofs after proofs to show that light here is not meant light of the, 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 the body, mean light, meaning that it is not human, not flesh. 
Light hair means guidance. Allah yahdikum. Our brothers. May Allah guide you to the truth. Why would the Prophet say every morning as he goes to the masjid in the darkness, Allahumma ja'al fi qalbi nura, wa ja'al fi sam'i nura, wa fi basari nura, wa amami nura, wa min khalfi nura, wa an yamini nura, wa an shimali nura, wa min fawqi nura, wa min tahti nura, Allahumma a'atini nura. Oh Allah put light in my heart, and light in my eyes, in my sight, and in my hearing, and in front of me, and behind me, and to the right of me, to the left of me, above me, below me. Oh Allah, give us light. Why would you ask for light if it's light? Billah, wake up. Oh Brelvis, wake up to the reality of the confusion that you're upon, and be guided to the sunnah of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. For indeed, this is misguidance. The Messenger of Allah is a human being, but Allah raised him to be a blessed human being. To be the best of the human beings. And in Tafsir al-Tabari, which is 310 Hijriah, he died. Imam al-Tabari, Ibn Jarir al-Tabari, the great scholar of Tafsir. He will go there or we go, someone came 1200 years later. Or 1100 years later. What did he say about this verse? He said, he guides with it, with the light. Not his light. He guides with the light. Whosoever follows him from his nation. And also in Tafsir al-Baghawi, what did he mention about the light? He said he named him Siraj al-Munira because, meaning illuminated lamp, because others are guided through him. Not his light. Others are guided through him just as they are guided by a lamp in complete darkness. Guided, not his light. He guides people to that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called them to. That is the nur. قُلْ لَوْ كَانَ فِي الْأَرْضِ مَلَائِكَةٌ يَمْشُونَ مُطْمَئِنِّينَ لَنَزَّلْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَلَكًا رَسُولًا If there had been angels upon the earth, Allah said, Surah Al-Isra'at 95, we would have sent an angel as a messenger. And angels are created from light. Again, this is another refutation upon those who say, he's created from light. If there had been an angel, if there had been angels upon the earth, Allah would have sent an angel to them. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent a man to them. A great man, the best of mankind. And he is he being Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Likewise, they claim that he's alive. He doesn't, he's not dead. He's alive. Subhanallah, he's alive. Alive, not in this life. In this life, everybody dies. Every soul will taste death. Every soul. And the Prophet himself at the point of death, what did he say? Death has agonies. So he's feeling the agonies of death. How is he alive in this life? And Abu Bakr al-Siddiq said, whoever worship Allah, then he's alive, he doesn't die. Whoever worship the Messenger of Allah, then he has died. Who said that? Abu Bakr al-Siddiq So therefore, why are you saying he's alive? He, Abu Bakr said he's dead. He died. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq said he died. And you're saying he's alive. He's not alive in this life. He's in the barzakh. Each and every one of us will go to the next stage, the barzakh. And Allah said he will die. Verily you, Muhammad, will die. And verily they too will die. So it's Zumar 30. So if he's not dead, when is he going to die? Our brave is, our Sufis, 
When is he going to die? وَمَا مُحَمُّدٍ إِلَّا رَسُولٌ قَدْ خَلَتْ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ الرُّسُلُ أَفَعِمْ مَا تَأَوْقُتِلًا قَلَبْتُمْ عَلَىٰ أَقَابِكُمْ Muhammad is no more than a messenger, Allah says. And indeed many messengers passed away before him. If he dies or is killed, will you then turn back on your heels? Meaning as disbelievers. So alhamdulillah, this clearly shows the deviation that they upon. The messenger, sallallahu himself said, in a hundred years from now, no one on the face of this earth that's alive will, will be alive. And that's the reality. After a hundred years, everybody who was alive before was not alive then, and includes himself. So these are all narrations clearly showing the Prophet ﷺ is not alive in this life. He's in the Barzakh. Likewise, when they come to Tahir Qadri in particular, when he comes to certain verses, like sort of Duha, he explains it like how he wants from his own self. He says, What Duha? And we know Duha, those who pray Salat Duha in the morning, is the morning prayer. Or is it referring to the morning, the Duha? He says, Well, he says about Duha, he says it refers to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Where did you get that from? Is there a hadith? Or is there a, 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 a statement from the companions that is, that is united upon, that is upon consensus? No, there isn't. So how you explain the Quran as you, how you translate the Quran as you go along? What Duha, referring to the morning light, and he's referring to? Uh, Rasul, because he believes his light, so therefore it must be, the duha must be Rasul. Where did you get this from? Alhamdulillah, we take our deen, as Sharif the Qadi said. As for us, we take our deen from the sons of the Sahaba, from the Sahaba. Where do they take their deen from? We take the deen from the Sahaba, Radha Anna, from their sons. Where do they take their deen from? These Mu'tazila and these misguided groups. And you will see him in Aqidah, in Asma'u Sifat, likewise, like Mu'tazila. In not affirming the names and attributes of Allah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned. So when Allah mentions what al-hadith, he's the first and the last and the highest and the nearest. This is the tra this is translation based upon the hadith of Rasulullah. The Prophet already explained it. He's the first, there's no one before Allah. He's the last, there's no one after Allah. He is the highest, there's no one above Allah. He is the nearest, there's no one closer to you than Allah by his knowledge. This is the, this is the, the verse of the hadith and the Messenger beautifully explained it. So therefore, Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we know he is the explainer of the Qur'an. وَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الذِّكْرَ لِتُبَيِّنَ لِنَاسِ مَا نُزِلَ إِلَيْهِمْ And we've sent you the remembrance, the Qur'an, that you may explain to the people what has been revealed to them. So he explained this verse. It's clear that Zahir means he is the highest. There's no one above him. That he is the highest. There's no one above him. So, but they translate it literally. They translate it, both of them translate it literally. These two translations or brevi translations. Awlaq says, that he is the first, he is the last. But when they come to Dahir al Batin, he says, instead of saying Allah is the highest, he says he's the manifest. And he is the hidden. He is the manifest and he is the hidden. Why don't you just stick to the hadith of the Messenger وسلم, who explained what Dahir al Batin is? Or do you have a problem with saying that Allah is the highest? 
Allah mentioned is the highest in numerous verses. That is above the creation. In numerous verses. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions above the throne. Ar-Rahman al-Ashistawa. Allah the most merciful rose over the throne. Or rose above the throne. <coughs> Who mentioned that? Istiwa means to rise above. The great, the great tabi'in. The great tabi' Abu Ali and Mujahid. Mujahid, student of Ibn Abbas. Both of them said, and they referred to, and alluded, alluded to, that Allah subhanahu Mujahid and, and, and Abu Aliya. Abu Aliya said, Istiwa means to ascend, means it's above, or to rise. Who said that? Abu Aliya, who died 110 Hijriya, who met Sahaba, who met companions from the Tabi'een. Mujahid said, from the students of Ibn Abbas, he said, Istiwa means to be above, ala. Ala. So therefore, above means what? Ala. Irtafa'a wa ala. Irtafa'a wa ala. This is what istiwa means. Irtafa'a wa ala. That a rose above. That he rose, sorry, above. And this you'll find it in Tafsir al-Baghawi. Likewise, in Tafsir ibn Kathir. You'll find it in the Tafsir of Al-Sunnah. And it's in line with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said. Ta'raju al-malaikatu wal-ruhu the angels and the Ruh, Jibreel, ascend to him. That he's above. Surah Al-Ma'arij, verse 4. إِلَيْهِ يَصْعَدُ الْكَلِمُ الطَّيِّبُ To him rises the goodly words, or the good words. وَالْعَمَلُ الصَّالِحِ يَرْفَعُهُ And the righteous actions make it rise even further. And in Surah An-Nisa 158. بَلْ رَفَعَهُ إِلَيْهِ But Allah raised him, meaning Isa alayhi salam, to him, raised him up. وَهُوَ الْعَلِيُّ الْعَظِيمُ Surah Al-Baqarah 255. And he is the most high, the most great. High in terms of his essence, in terms of his status and essence. But they don't, even those who say he's high, they will say no, not in terms of his essence. Not in terms of his being. Because they say just as their, taf, their corrupt tafsir that they go back to, like you'll find the tafsir of Fakhr al-Din al-Razi, who uses his own opinion to explain away many of these attributes? Fakhreddin al-Razi himself said, no, 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 don't say Allah is above yani his, uh, in terms of his essence. <coughs> because if you do that, you put in Allah in a place. A'udhu billahi minash rajim Don't put, uh, who's, you're the one who invented the word place. You're the one who invented the word place. When the Sahaba and the Tabi'een and the Tabi'een said above, they affirmed it. Just like, uh, just like, the Messenger affirmed it, they affirmed it as a point of belief that Allah is above us in a way which befits His Majesty. The Mu'tazila denied this. They used the word how, how Allah is above in one part of the world, in the other part, how is He above? They start using their so-called intellect, so-called saint intellect, and then they deny that Allah is above the Arsh. We affirm that which Allah affirmed for Himself. Allah said, "Wudhul fi silmi kafa." Enter into Islam wholeheartedly. Don't pick and choose. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said, "Laisa kemithlihi shay." There's none comparable unto Him. We accept it and we affirm it and we believe in it and we don't add to it and we don't explain it away using our own opinion. As Umar ibn Abdul Aziz rahimahullah said, "Allah al bayan wa ala Rasul al balag wa alina tasleem." Allah gave us the bayan. The message, 
The Prophet ﷺ conveyed it, and upon us is to submit to it. So we don't add to it, we don't explain it away, we don't deny it, we don't reject it, nor do we liken it to, to his creation. And likewise, what's in Nahal verse 50? Allah said, Yahafun Rabbahumin Farqihim. They fear their Lord from above them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, An'am verse 18, And he is the irresistible above his slaves. So when they come and they say that no, it means manifest, Zahir does not mean above. They're going against what the Prophet said. They're going against what the Prophet explained. And that is uh, one of the attributes that they... And also when, they, when it comes to the other attributes, for example, of face... Again, they say face doesn't mean, they say face means reward. Who said face means reward? We take the apparent meaning. That is the way of Ahlul Sunnah. As this great scholar Imam al-Darim said in his Rad al-Jahmiyyah, we describe Allah with that which he described himself with. And with that which the Messenger وسلم, described him with. Meaning we don't go beyond that which is mentioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that which is mentioned by the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So in reality, the Sufis or the modern day Sufis that you see nowadays, they are following the way of the Mu'tazilites in their belief in Allah's names and attributes. And this is very evident from their translation of the Quran or the meaning of the translation of the Quran. Ibn Abdul Bar, the great scholar, the Maliki scholar, likewise he said, we understand these, name, these names and attributes, we understand them in their real sense, haqiqi, and not metaphorically. So you can't go around and start explaining, no, his hand means his power, like they did, or his face means his reward, like they did. We don't do that. We just stop at it. We stop, we don't add to it. Not it means, unless we have knowledge to say it means. Knowledge from the book of Allah and the sunnah of the Messenger, وسلم, in the understanding of the companions. And this is what Ibn al-Qayyim said, Al-ilmu, qala Allahu, qala Rasuluhu, qala sahabatuhu, laysa bitamwihi. Mal-ilmu nasbaka li khilafin safahatin bayna rasuli, bayna ra'i fulani. Aw faqihi. Knowledge is what Allah said. The Messenger Sallallahu said and the companions conveyed. Without doubt. And it is foolishness to compare the statement of anyone, even a scholar, with the statement of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Ibn Abdul Bar mentioned that, another great Maliki scholar mentioned, Abu Umar al-Talamanki, he said that scholars of Al-Sunnah have unanimously agreed that Allah is above his throne in the real sense and not in the metaphorical sense. And lastly, I mean there are lots of other examples, but because of time, lastly, we go on to some of the other uh, uh, deviations that these translators have in their Qur'an. For example, in Surah Al-Duha, وَوَجَدَكَ ضَالًا فَهَدًا And we found you, O Muhammad وسلم, unaware, before revelation. And look in the books of Tafsir, it means before a revelation. But they were running away from the word ضَالًا. They were running away from the word ضَالًا, they didn't understand it. If they went to the books of Tafsir of the past, they would understand what it meant. So, you will find that they changed for example, Tahir Qadri, he says, we found, we found you, we, and he found in you a leader for a strained people. He changed the pronoun to the Messenger, to the people. But if it had been the people, 
it would be وَوَجَدَكُمْ ضَالًا Allah didn't say وَوَجَدَكُمْ ضَالًا يعني meaning the people Allah is addressing the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم وَوَجَدَكَ ضَالًا فَهَدَى but they didn't understand this verse and so Tahir Qadri he changes the pronouns as he wills in different parts of the his Quranic so-called Quranic translation changing pronouns this is changing the meaning and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will call you to account for changing the meaning of the Quran for changing the meaning especially if the meaning is a corrupt meaning meaning as the scholars of tafsir have mentioned it refers to as Ibn Kathir and the Sa'di and other than them mention that we found you before revelation and then we guided you to the revelation. And that is in line exactly with Surah Shura 52. Allah says, You see, you did not know what the book was, and then we showed you what the book was. So, means you did not know what the book was, and then we told you the book. You didn't know what Iman was, and then we told you that. So, therefore, that's what is referred to as Dalam. And also, incidentally, the Shia Rafidah, they do the same. Because the Shia, they, they say and claim for their 12 Imams knowledge of the unseen. And so therefore, they change many of the pronouns in the Quran. Naam, where, they, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is addressing the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they change those pronouns. Not only that, to suit their own, uh, to suit their own understanding. Now, and lastly, <coughs> lastly, we just mentioned the Messenger وسلم, as we said, is human and nor refers to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nor refers to the guidance. The Messenger وسلم, forbade grave worship, which the Burmese do. So just to summarize at the end, grave worshipping is not allowed, it's forbidden. We worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, we don't worship the dead. We don't call upon the dead. We don't read the Quran at the graveyards to pass it on to the dead. The Quran is for the living, not for the dead. We call up, yes, we supplicate for them. Assalamu alaikum ya ahlad diyari min al mu'minin antum sabiquna wa nahlu Yes, we supplicate for them, for their protection and for their security. Yes, may Allah protect them and give them a, a, a garden from the, make their graves a garden from the gardens of paradise, not a pit from the pits of the hellfire. Yes, we supplicate for them, for those Muslim inhabitants. But, we don't call upon them. They need your help. They need your supplication. We don't. Allah said, even if they were to hear you, they would not be able to answer you. So why are you wasting your time then? Why are you wasting your time? And not only wasting your time, you're wasting your deen. So the Prophet from that also they say the Prophet knows the unseen, unconditionally. And they have a burda, a poem that they recite. And you find it in different, uh, you know, in different colors and sometimes embroidered with gold colored ink and subhanAllah, where it contains shirk. This border has exaggeration of the Messenger وسلم, to claim that he knows the unseen. From it is a line of poetry which says, From your knowledge, O Messenger of Allah, is knowledge of the lawh al-mahfud, whatever Allah knows of that which he wrote what, that which he commanded the pen to write and the qalam that's his knowledge is the knowledge of the messengers the knowledge of the pen that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the pen 50,000 years before creation write he said what should I write write whatever you whatever is going to happen 
That means Prophet knows everything that's going to happen. This is in the Burda that they memorize. Our brothers wake up, look at the Burda that you memorize. This claims that the Prophet knows the knowledge of the pen. That means everything that's going to happen. Subhanallah. The Prophet was asked by Jibreel, Mata Sa'ah, when is the hour? He said, Man mas'ula anha bi'adamimissaid. The one who's being questioned knows no more than the questioner. Only Allah knows the answer. The Prophet he when he went to Medina, he took some he took a kharit. A person who was who knew the yani, the direction to go to Medina. If he known the, if he knew the answer, why would he take the, why would he take someone who is learned to show him the way to Medina? If he knows the unseen. If he knows the unseen when the Jewish lady gave him the meat with poison in it, why would he eat it if he knew the unseen? Proof after proof. Prophet did not know the unseen unconditionally. Likewise, calling upon the Prophet and calling upon the dead, we mentioned that. In, in fact, Ahmad Reza Brilwi himself, he says, seeking aid and assistance, istindad and isti'ana, from the prophets and the awliya and invoking them at the time of need in order to make tawassul, seeking nearness to Allah, to them, and to solicit help by saying, O Messenger of Allah, O Ali, O Sheikh Abdul Qadir, O Al Jilani, and making them intermediaries for me, uh, for me, divine emanation is a truth necessary to know, and it is and it is permissible. This is what Ahmad Reza Bradvi says: It's permissible to call upon the dead, call upon these individuals, and he mentioned that. Naam, in his book, 20 Matters, that distinguished the Sunni creed. SubhanAllah. The Sunni creed? This is the Bid'i creed, not the Sunni creed. This is the Shirki creed, to say you can call upon the dead. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Sat-Luqman, don't you see the ship that sails upon the water, upon the oceans, and it's sailing, and then when the when the when the the water is about to engulf the ship, rising like clouds or canopies of clouds, ready to fall over to the, the ship and make the ship sink. What do the people say? They call upon Allah sincerely. Not they call upon Rasulullah. Now they call upon Abdul Qadir Jilali. When Allah saves them and brings them to the land, amongst them they are ungrateful. And none turns away from our signs, our verses, except every ungrateful person who is a disbeliever. They're the ones who turn away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, 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 from calling upon Allah and being ungrateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala once he saves them. And likewise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentioned in tad'una min amtalukum. Those whom you call upon besides Allah they are they are servants like you. Those you call upon are servants like you. lakum. So call upon them and see if they answer you. In kuntum sadiqin, if you are truthful. And likewise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned, وَالَّذِينَ تَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِهِ 
Those whom they call besides Allah, they don't even have in their grasp the qitmir, the membrane, the thin membrane of a date. If you were to call upon them, they will not be able to hear your call. And if they were to hear you, they will not be able to answer you. And on the day of judgment, they will deny and reject your shirk that you used to be upon. And none will let you know of this except one who is well acquainted. Oh mankind, you are destitute to Allah. You are poor in need of Allah. And Allah subhanahu is the all rich. And he is the one who is all praised. And we end with this. And this is to show you that these are really claimants to knowledge. The likes of Tahir Qadri, the one we just read about Allah, from his translated claimants to knowledge. For indeed for them, it's all about it's all about position. And it's all about trying to be above and gain some recognition. For indeed, look at this, look at this statement, and you'll find it, it's available on the internet. He says he met the Prophet Muhammad in his dream. And, and he says that I came to Pakistan on the, on the request of, of the scholars of Pakistan. The master, referring to the Prophet Muhammad begins his conversation. He says that Tahir, I came to Pakistan. Now this is supposedly the Rasul speaking to Tahir Qadri. He says, Tahir, I came to Pakistan on the invitation of the scholars and religious organizations of Pakistan. Yani they invited Rasulullah to come to Pakistan. How did they invite him? After calling me over, they didn't value me. They didn't host me. So the Prophet is complaining to Tahir Qadri that they didn't host him. And now I am upset with them. And I'm going back to Saudi Arabia. So he, going back to Saudi Arabia. How did he go back? <laughs> crying and cleaning his tears. This is how he's talking about. This is crying now. Tayyakad is crying now. He's bursting in tears. I'm upset with all of them. All of the Pakistanis. They have given me too much grief. Called me over and didn't host me. He talked to me in much detail. And he repeats it again. And now he's obviously he's trying to make it up as he goes along, trying to think what else to say to them. He's saying, I just heard this. He just heard it. And throw myself on the feet of the Prophet ﷺ and cries, screams, beg him that don't leave us. Don't leave Pakistan and I will fulfill all your demands. He, Sallallahu says, no Tahir. They called me, invited me and didn't respect me. Gave no value to me. I am crying and begging him to stay. I said, is there any way you can stay here? After insisting for a very long period of time, his anger goes down. And he says on a condition, if you want me to stay, then I have only one condition that if you can promise to fulfill, then I can stay. Tahir says, I will definitely fulfill your, just what you have asked. Prophet Muhammad says, says, you have to become my host. So he wants now Tahir Qadri to become his host, then he'll return to Pakistan. And if, if you want me to stay in Pakistan, and the whole crowd now is crying, all bursting out in tears. He stands up now and says, I am a miskeen person, very weak. How can I be your host? Tahir says, I can't afford this. He 
وسلم, says, if you promise I will stay, otherwise I am going. And if you promise, I will stay with you as you've been the host. So Tahir replies and says, he said, now I have promised to him that I will be your host. And he وسلم, says, I will stay for another seven days in Pakistan for you. What seven days means, I don't know. According to the process, what the seven days mean, he doesn't know. He could stay for seven years. What it means in his statement, I don't know what it means in his statement. He says to the people, I have promised Prophet Muhammad وسلم, how can I fulfill this promise now? Since he asked me to pay for all of his expenses while staying for seven days in Pakistan, the food, the hotel, the transportation, and the return ticket to Medina. Will you help me? You see these frauds? These are the frauds that you are dealing with. Those Sufi peers that are going around lying to the people. And there's one here in Manchester, Naqshbandi. I remember back in the days, one of them said to me, one of the, his students said, oh, he knows, the, uh, he knows if I've prayed Fajr just by looking at my face. I said, how, how does he know that then? He said, oh, just, just by looking at my face. So they lie to them. They lie to their murids. The murids become like sheep. And Rasulullah said, La imah. Don't be a sheep. Don't be a blind follower. If the people are good, I'm good. If the people are bad, I'm bad. Be upon the book of Allah and the sunnah of the Messenger. And we end with this quote from Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, who said, Man amila bi ghayri ilm kana ma yufsidu akhtar mima yuslih. The one who does actions without knowledge, then he corrupts more than he rectifies. I'll say this, and 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 I'